yet we have a protector with us and keep us. And there's benefits from that. There's others benefiting because of your commitment and your sacrifice and your faith. It's protecting them and keeping them. Thank God for that. Let's lean upon that. Let's put our trust in that. And don't let the enemy have any inroads whatsoever. If he's trying to have one, put a stop to it. Hallelujah. By what? By the power of your tongue. Amen. By the power of your tongue. You can speak into this mountain. It's got to go. Hallelujah. I believe some mountains can go in a moment of time. And then some, amen, God works on it in his own time and season for the glory of his own name. Fulfilling of his own purpose. It doesn't matter if it's as big as a mountain or as small as a tree. When you speak into it by faith, it can be plucked up and removed out of the way. And so likewise with all of this, as we pray for our country, pray for one another. Let's pray. Let's pray again even. I want God to really anoint us and help us here. Amen. I, I really, you know, studied this out and this free, this liberty and freedom. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you something. We're living in a world that has been deceived about sin. They have been deceived about the power of grace. They have taught the doctrine of grace in the manner to save me while I'm in my sins and as I continue in my sin, which, amen, the real grace of God is what delivers us from the influence and the power of sin. Because there's one that has moved in, a different law that has moved inside these earthen vessels by the measure of his spirit that will comfort us, guide and lead us and help us live overcoming lives in this present world. If that was not possible, he'd have never put it in the book. He'd have never allowed the apostle Paul amen to write wrote the write the letters amen to help us understand not to go back to beggar elements which was the power of the law amen that would only enter the power of the law it was right but yet amen it did not the power the comforter the help amen that we needed to live an overcoming life but thank God through the Messiah called Jesus Christ hallelujah that now we attain a power and it wasn't just for the Jews and the Hebrews but for the Gentile amen the heathens the dogs amen but now we can come and dine at the master's table hallelujah the devil can't stop us the world can't stop us I'm telling you even if we're all by ourselves, we could come and dine at this table and eat of the good bread. And in this bread, we find life and we find authority and power and a government that rules and reigns in our hearts, our minds, and our soul. And we don't have to worry about going to the grave because we understand we're not going to stay there. We're not going to stay there. We're coming up. If death grips his body today, you keep marching on. I will see you. Amen. I will see you in the clouds in a moment of twinkling of an eye. There's no doubt in my heart about it. Spirit today, it's going to happen. Greater is he that's in us than Keith that's in the world. He's greater than all sickness, greater than the devil, greater than death. He's conquered all enemy. Death itself will be conquered. The last enemy will be conquered. It'll never. The new earth won't know anything about death, ladies and gentlemen. Praise God. It won't know anything about the devil either because he'll be bound forever. So we are blessed people here today. Amen. To have the honor and the privilege to worship the Lord and to serve the Lord. You know, the privilege is ours. It's not his in a sense. It's ours. He's the head. We're just the body. We're just that wild olive branch that has been grafted into the trunk. The trunk called God Almighty through Jesus Christ. And now, if we'll just have hearts of faith, we can bear the fruit and win the race and hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servants. Focus, amen, on our lesson here today. Made free. Anybody been made free? Anybody had a struggle, an addiction, a lust, a desire, a passion, 
that was ruling you, dominating you. I've looked into eyes and I've looked into lives and tried to work with them and help them. And, and I've seen the time of the misery and the hopelessness because of the addiction that had them. And they knew it. We'd best to try to persuade them. If you just sell out to the Lord, if you just really give it to God. Too many times, too many people look at the lifestyle. And they look at the lifestyle. And they're thinking, I can't live that. You're right. Not by yourself. You can't conform yourself to this. But if you'll just die. If you'll have an ear to hear the gospel of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Follow through with it with repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. That's where you get the power. That's where you get the energy. It's not man-made. It's God. And it's a God's promise. It's a God's promise. And the devil can't stop it. And I'm telling you, carnality can't stop it either. It's a God's promise. And it's still going to be alive and well upon this earth as long as there is a church. If anybody can stop the devil, it's going to be the church. The living God that's already conquered death. So we, you and I, we get to enjoy this. This great freedom, this great liberty. Money can't buy this. Positions cannot position you into the place to attain this. Silver and gold have a none, but such as I have. Whew. Praise God. I'm not depending on money. We're not depending on CDs. Thank God for them. It's a good and wise thing to do on the earth. Don't take me wrong there. But on the other hand, hallelujah, when the money, amen, when it gets to a place where you can just take your money and burn it and do whatever you want to with it because it's no good. But I'm glad I'm laying up some treasures in the heavens. Hallelujah, and inheritance is laid up. I don't have to worry about it. Hallelujah, not only that, I'm also got the comfort, amen. I may not have a million dollars to give to my children and grandchildren, but I'm leaving them a path, amen, if they'll follow it. They don't have nothing really to fret and worry about. He said, I'll supply your every need. Hallelujah, and if he's going to supply us and resurrect us out of that ground. I'm telling you, he can supply every need upon this earth. Hallelujah. He can send the hamburgers. He can send the French fries. He can do it. I tell you, I'm serving an almighty God. He can bless gardens. He can take your one-acre garden and feed a man like it's a ten-acre garden. Look at America. America's still known to feeding for the most of the world. All said and done. We need to be concerned about that and pray that God will help. We've got people in other countries that's, that's children are starving to death. You know why? It's not God's fault. It's because of leadership in these countries that don't believe in God. It's because of their unbelief and their deeds and actions. It hinders the blessings and the favor of God upon them as a nation. Only hope that God is missionaries that believe in this Lord Jesus Christ. As they go and weave their way into those places and carry them the gospel and the good tidings and the good news of Jesus Christ. Focus thought this morning. Jesus died for us so we could what? Live free from the penalty of sin. Well, that covers a lot, not only in the life to come, but what about this life? You know, I've heard people, I've never sold out to it. <laughs> and uh, you might agree or disagree with me. I know the scriptures say you reap what you sow. But watch this. I believe when you really repented and gave it to God, I believe those seeds were destroyed. 
I don't really believe unless there is, you know, there's, there's occasion where if you, you continue to or go back to sowing the unrighteous, then that crop comes up and you've got to, you know, we've got to be chastened by the Lord. We've got to be corrected. And he may allow some things. But on the other hand, whenever you really repent, if God said he forgot, how can he remember to reward you for him? If he put them as far away from you from the east, from the west. And notice why the writer says that. Because there's no east pole or west pole. Amen. As you travel east, you'll just continue to travel that way. There's no stopping place. And so that's what God does. He puts our sins away. And the penalty of them. Thank God for that today. Amen. Because the penalty of sin is death. As we're going to see in these scriptures here today. Our focus verse is found in John's writings 19 and 30. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Praise God. Gave up that spirit, a man of God Almighty. Released it. Hallelujah. Let it go. Because watch this. God doesn't need anything to live. And as long as God stayed inside of that body, it had never died. Amen. If all the blood had run out of it, whatever run out of it, God can keep it alive. God don't need us. We need him. He fashioned and shapes and molds us into his image and likeness. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise God. Oh, God, we pray today that the word of God and the Holy Ghost could have free course and Amen. How the ability to enter the hearts and the souls and the minds that's all that are here. And those that may be hearing across the airways in our community. Help us have hungry hearts. Have a hungry spirit. Have a real genuine passion for truth. Truth that will sustain us. Truth that will hold us. Truth that will comfort us. Truth that will see us through. Because truth, truth is what's going to stand. We love you for it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. We began to look in the scriptures here this morning and we watched the unfolding of some things begin to happen in some of the last days. If you noticed, the, the theme and the focus of a lot of our lessons has been especially on our Lord's last days and literally hours upon this earth and how he responded and how he dealt with it. Oh, we ought to find strength from that, courage from that, boldness from that. How that they was not afraid, not only the Lord himself, but we, we notice, we know the history and things of that nature of the apostles. That was willing, a man such as the apostle Peter that was willing to die for this gospel. They wanted to crucify him like our Lord from what we understand, but he wasn't willing. So the acts, he didn't feel like he was worthy to be crucified in the same form. So the, basically he asked them to, to crucify him upside down. We have others like the Apostle Paul that run to the gallows to be, have his head uh, taken off of this gospel. People thinking and believing under the power of wickedness and darkness thought that they could stop the gospel. Thought they could stop the power of God to liberate and to deliver. There is no doubt even in the warfare that we're in today. The writer has made it clear unto us as soldiers of God to endure. Amen. Difficult suffering times. And that's what we're taught. I read a book just recently. Amen. And uh, it talked about two particular marines. That was in uh, Afghanistan. And there as they was taking part in trying to train some of their military men and women. 
they was being attacked by this large truck that was loaded with bombs when they came in and they was going into the police station military station when they came to the gate they didn't slow down it was two of our own American Marines that was there help training and help guarding that particular gate said when that big truck come bearing down upon that gate said uh, the other military men from Afghanistan those a man fleed and, and they just couldn't stand it but said our two Marines stood not moving said as they, they somehow or another it was happened to be videoed and, and said they watched them as those that big truck come bearing down upon them as both of them began to unload with the guns they had in their hands and their possession and filled that truck up a man with, a, with, a, with the bullets and just started to stop this truck coming in said they didn't flinch said they never moved so they positioned their legs just like they'd been trained had shoulder squared, squared back their heads up and said buddy they was emptying into that truck and they never flinched they never moved they never turned their head they didn't do any of that ladies and gentlemen as a church of the living God it's a time for us to lift our heads up it's a time to us to press up put our shoulders back and said you know what we've been called for God amen for a time such as this and we are the most liberated and free people on the face of the earth and I'm not bound by sin and I'm not going to let the spirit of fear and doubt and unbelief captivate my mind heart or rock me of a relationship with God Almighty I'm going to make the calling and election sure that regardless of what comes or goes out of the chips fall I'm going to be a winner be the way it's a done deal it's sobbed and there's not one thing the devil can do about it not one thing except try to rob me except try to deceive me trying to put a snare and a trap that would cause me to lose out upon this inheritance. They, they managed at the cost of their own lives. But they managed to stop that truck. And the end of the story was these two men, these two Marines gave their lives, sacrificed their lives, but they saved hundreds of lives. Because they stopped that truck from being able to impact and set off that bomb that was inside of it. What about it today, ladies and gentlemen? As God's call and hand is upon us, as you and I have experienced this great freedom and liberty of the power of sin. <laughs> to stand in the hedge, amen, to stand in the gap and to make up the hedge, amen, to be a light. That others speaking, you know what? I want what they got. There's something aboding and dwelling and flowing out of them. Hey Amen. I want a part of it. So I thank God for this great liberty and freedom. Some may look upon us and think because of our lifestyles. The places that we choose not to go to. It's not that we, we, we could go. <laughs> but thank God there's something inside of us that's more important. Gives greater blessings. That we're not entertained by the things of the world now. But we find greater entertainment and satisfaction. We'd much rather spend the house, amen, in the house of God. And sit on the dance floors of the world under the influence of alcohol, of drugs. We, we don't mind getting drunk. We don't mind even getting high. But we just use a different substance. It's called the Holy Ghost. And under the influence of the power of the Holy Ghost, we can dance with the best.
We can sing the songs of Zion that has the pep, that puts the excitement, that puts the, puts the joy, amen, it puts the dance in our feet, a shout in our heart and our tongues. I'm telling you, amen, we're not ashamed of it. Hallelujah, I was accused when I first became pastor of this church. Hallelujah, you're going to probably act like some of them that may be right across the road and under the influence, amen, of some of that to drift. I said, sir, we don't need that to drift over. We got our own. And I'm telling you, we got something to carry you much further than pot can carry you. We got something that influence you and your cause. I'm telling you, it's it's a church. Look at your church. Look at the New Testament church. Amen. They were accused of being drunk. They, they, Peter did not deny the accusation that was brought against them. Hallelujah. But hallelujah, they experienced liberty like they'd never experienced it before. Even though they'd walked with Jesus Christ for three and a half years. But now, amen, they knew that he was alive and well. And that he'd come back and alive in the hearts, their minds, and their spirit. I'm thankful that morning for a spirit that can lift up a standard, that can lift up a wall, that can put a fight inside of us. Hallelujah, determination and a burning passion. Hallelujah, be fishermen of men, to be worshipers of true God Almighty through the spirit of truth and God with joy. Hallelujah, finding, finding the comfort that we need in the hour that we're living in today. There's no greater liberty and freedom. Man, the writer talks about and, and how true it was. It's been almost... 20 years ago, amen, on 9-11, hallelujah, in September of 2001, how that our towers were attacked and, and the planes that came, the jets that was used, and how it brought back and helped us to, to remember the value of a life. And thank God, you know, sometimes when I've even made the statement, it's lost its effect to some degree, and that's true. But yet, it still has some effect upon us. We're still taking out times on those times and, and in, a, in a form and manner of silence or recognition. But you know what it's done? It's brought great honor and respect and caused all of us, amen, to show greater respect unto first responders. Regardless of what position they may hold, they may drive an ambulance, they may be a fireman, they may be a policeman, they may be a volunteer that just volunteers their time and effort to be called a first responder, to go rushing into an emergency, to, to put themselves in a place or a position. And I'm sure all of us still remembers on that particular day how that many was trying to flee a building that was on fire. And I'm sure all of them at that moment time didn't realize what was going to be some of the final results of those towers melting down and taking literally thousands of lives and, and snatching them out into eternity. But as some was trying to flee for the safety of their own lives, there was others, amen, that was entering into those buildings and towers trying to save humanity, trying to do what they could, amen, to bring people out of that dangerous place and save their lives. Oh, if it's ever been a time for the church, amen, to head headlong, hallelujah, into our communities and surroundings and neighbors and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to bring people, amen, out of darkness and taking on the mission that was given to the Apostle Paul, amen, to preach this gospel. Hallelujah, to let the Gentile people know to bring them out of the darkness of being blinded by the devil himself. Hey, I thank God for the light that you and I can be in the world that we're living in this morning. The sanity that we got, hallelujah, the comfort, the joy that we got. It wasn't man-made, it come from God. So that's a 
reason. I'm telling you, hello, this hadn't robbed us of our joy. It hadn't robbed us of our hope. It hadn't robbed us of our peace. It hadn't robbed us of our faith. It hadn't robbed us of not of one thing. Oh, we can't gather like we can, but we're going to. And as we gather together, hallelujah, and I feel the helper in this place right now. Hallelujah, as we gather together in one mind, one accord, and one spirit. All of heaven, amen, looking down. And the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, the church is the most liberated and free people on the face of the earth. And we're not going back into bondage. We're not going back to pick up bigger elements. And we're not going to let this event cause us to do things that would be grieving to the Holy Ghost and the call of God in our lives. With prayer, supplication, earnestness in our hearts and minds and spirit. <laughs> we're not going to come, we're not going to become polluted or contaminated. Amen. And use an excuse of some coronavirus that's caused it to happen to us. No, we're going to do, we're going to follow the example. Amen. We have a different spirit. We're going to follow Joshua. We're going to follow Caleb. We're going to follow Daniel and the three Hebrews. We're going to follow their example and then the example of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because now the time had approached. We talked about him up to this point of Gethsemane, taking care of his mother. Last week we brought that out. You know, I ponder and wonder why he didn't, didn't turn to his own fleshly brothers. He had some high brothers, but he didn't. He turned to John, the beloved disciple. You know why? Now the brothers came along, took a little while, but they came on. But John, he knew, would make sure that Mary was going to be in that upper room and to experience the power of the Holy Ghost, to experience the Heavenly Father in a manner and a way that, oh, she knew what it was to feel him. She knew what it was to feel the miracle to take place. And that is it began to grow inside of her. She knew what it was to suffer and the persecution and the accusations. But he wanted to make sure that she was going to be a part of approximately of 120. That was going to experience a great liberty like nobody else. So Jesus died. She watched this process begin to unfold. Matthew, Mark, amen, and John as they write unto us and unfold what begins to transpire and take place. We realize and understand that after Gethsemane and after the three hours of prayer and supplication... Amen. And he tells, hey, the hour's now. Judas comes and with a kiss betrays him. And the soldiers come and, amen, to take him. And we begin to watch this process, amen, of a judgment. It was going up on this man called Jesus Christ. And so they bring him unto Pilate they, to fulfill the scriptures. Remember this. Remember this this morning. A lot of this that unfolds, it had to, the scriptures had to be fulfilled. Some of the things that the people that are involved here, they're doing it not even understanding and realizing what they're doing because of the scriptures that had to be fulfilled. If you'll remember just a few days prior to this, a group, and some of this group was part of the group that cried out, Hosanna, 
Hosanna. Watch the miracles and possibly experience some for themselves. But now, and I want to say this, but now they're caught themselves in a place under the influence. A man is Pilate. Pilate did all that lies within him. If you watch the scriptures close, especially out of Matthew, Mark, and then John. Hallelujah. Not once, but three times Pilate tries to bring the man called Jesus. Amen. He sends him to Herod. And if you'll read the scriptures close up to this time, Pilate and Herod had been enemies. They never could find agreement or join together about anything. Hallelujah. But now all of a sudden, hallelujah, because, amen, because Pilate sends Jesus to Herod and Herod was glad to receive him and see a miracle. And, and even after his examination, he could find no, no, no cause for death. He couldn't find no sin, no transgression in this man called Jesus. And he sends him back to Pilate. Pilate, amen, joins with Herod in agreement and they become friends, the Bible says. The only thing on the face of the earth that these two enemies had joined together and agreed in was a man by the name of Jesus Christ was sinless and without guile, hallelujah, and without sin in his life. And there was no cause for death. But yet whenever Pilate the third time tries to present the man called Jesus Christ unto the multitude, unto the crowd, unto the high priests, hallelujah, again, the Bible tells us that they cried out and they scream out with a loud voice to crucify him. Crucify him until cause of the feast that he was. Pilate had to write and the opportunity. He's doing everything that's within his power. He's doing everything that's in his resources and judgment ability to loose this man called Jesus. But I'm telling you, the scriptures had to be fulfilled. There's some things that's going to come upon this earth fulfilling the scriptures. And I'm telling you, the church of the living God has a surety inside of them. If they'll walk with it and bide in it, it'll see them through it, regardless of what comes and goes. Hallelujah, the outcome of the end time of this world. And I'm telling you, just like this, as the Messiah was brought before them again and Pilate the third time he speaks unto them they wouldn't hear it so he says who do you want me to loose Rabbis Rabbis was known as a murderer sedition if you look up that word Rabbis was known to cause uproars in the city in the city of Jerusalem you got to remember now, Pilate is the man that's the governor. He's the one that's responsible to keep uproars from happening and taking place. He's the one that's responsible over the soldiers to keep individuals and a, a crowd to come in and take a hold of an individual and tear them apart. Literally tearing them apart. It would be the soldiers that come in and we see this happen even with the Apostle Paul at times. So he had that responsibility. Lying heavy upon his shoulders and his heart, mind, and spirit. No doubt the last few weeks and months, the responsibility and the heavy load that lays upon the leaders of our country. All across, not just America, but in, even in the world. This is where you and I as the church and born again. The free people, hallelujah, that humbles and yields ourselves in prayer and supplication. Praying for the will of our Heavenly Father.
Praying for the power of God to move upon our president and vice president and senators and representatives and world leaders across our world. I don't pray for just America. I pray for all the countries. I pray that God's will could be, hallelujah, and that God's purpose would be fulfilled in this. Hallelujah, because we know what he has in mind for all of us, that we might be saved. Hallelujah. Jude warned and told us that in the end time, it would be a time that we would literally pluck them out of the fire. Their garments, amen, blemished. Hallelujah. So here we are as we push against the end time and the rushing time. If there's ever been a time, God help us to pray the prayers. Hallelujah. And take on the actions that might stir up our loved ones, that might stir up our friends, our neighbors. And I'm telling you, God loves us so much. He told us in the example of loving our enemies. And even at times like this, we need to be praying for enemies, that they might come to their senses. It's a time that the church need to be praying for the backsliders to be like that prodigal son to come to himself and realize that his father's house. Hallelujah. If I'll just make my way back to the father's house, that's where I'm going to find peace. That's where I'm going to find hope. That's where I'm going to find what I need to be victorious. It's not going back to the bigger elements of the things of the world. It's coming back to the house of God and the house of truth. They wouldn't listen because the scriptures, the writer helps us later on, said if they had known that he was a prince of life, they would not have crucified him. Can I say something? Can I put a little goat nugget out there for us? Where are you and I going to fall on the side? What side of the fence are we going to fall on today? Because the scripture is going to be fulfilled. Some are going to be saved and some are not. And it depends on the hearer. Depends on the ear. Amen. Because in this end time, to be saved, you got to hear what the Spirit's saying to the church. Even for some in the church to be saved, they got to hear what the Spirit's saying, not what the world's saying, not what flesh is saying, not what opinions and ideals of educated people that don't know nothing about the foundation and the plan of salvation. So, where are we going to fall? Just where? <laughs> How are we going to shake out? How are we going to endure until the end? Holding to the plow. Holding to the cross. Pressing forward. Marching on. And believing. We need like Caleb and Joshua. Of the different spirit. That we can walk 40 years. In the wilderness. Watching them die to the left. To the right. Watching them because of their evil hearts of unbelief. And believe in the report of the ten instead of the two. Losing out on attaining the promise. It had such an effect that even the leaders of the Israelite people, Moses and Aaron, because they allowed the attitude and the spirit of the people to frustrate them and move them to a point. Amen, amen, that they couldn't really care what God was telling them the second time about the rock, the rock that was Christ, that the water, and the water's lacking in the spirit that gives life. Instead of speaking to the rock, he smote it.
I'm preaching to us today. It's not a time to be careless. It's a time to be sober and vigilant, and earnest and sincere about living for God. Making sure the steps were taken, the attitude that we've got. They'd be pleasing because you know why? We're the prize of the enemy. If you've been born again, if you believe, if you believe in this one called Jesus Christ, if you're crying out to him, you, you may not even have the Holy Ghost here today, but if, you're, you're, if you've made that turn, if you begin to cry out, hey, the adversary is working against you. He's setting up snares and traps, and he's going to try to hinder you from experiencing this one called Jesus. But I'm here to encourage you. Press on. Amen. Press on. So they led him away to be crucified and goes to the place called Golgotha, the place of the skull. We see that it's there that the price is paid. Also, you're going to notice that Pilate put an inscription. He didn't ask for permission either. But on his own accord, the Bible talks about, amen, you could call it a play card if you like, but he put an inscription. Amen, the king of the Jews. All the high priests didn't like it. If you read closer, the scripture lets us know that, that he was crucified near the city of Jerusalem. And the Bible says that many Jews had made their way by. Some wagging their heads. Some making accusations. And even the, the religious spiritual leaders of their time joined in and chimed in with them. Oh, if he, if he talks about how he can save others. Why don't he save himself? Talks about how the God and all these different accusations against them. But oh, if they just knew. He was willing to give himself that you and I might be saved. He was willing to die. He was willing to pay the price. How often through our military ranks of men and women. And we give respect and honor and set days aside. And we ought to. And give honor and respect and pray for them for their safety and for them to come back home safely. And, but we all know that not everybody's going to come back home. In every war and every conflict, there's going to be a certain amount of casualties. There's going to be a certain amount of those that's going to come back lame and halt and maimed. We can find that in times even in the Word of God and in the spiritual warfare. But you've got a purpose today and you've got a purpose in your spirit I've experienced this now. I've tasted it. And I'm not going to let nothing or nobody, amen, cause me to lose this liberty that I've experienced. This freedom. I was once bound, but now I'm loose. I'm like a bird that's been set out of prison. Hallelujah. Bound by sin. Ruled and dominated to controlled by it. But oh, I've been set free now. There's no greater testimony. There's no greater story to tell but to tell your own story. How in your own sanity of your own mind and your own heart. Where the forefare takes place is in the skull. It's in the mind. But cares for Jesus Christ as he hung a man where they took him to Galgotha, the place of the skull. And the battle was won for you and I. I'm telling you, there's such as mind warfare and mental things that's going on across our lands. But I'm telling you, the reason is because we have forsaken to hear what really can happen when we turn our ears and not just our physical ears, but our inner ear unto the voice and the Spirit of God that there is liberty when I come running back to Jesus, when I come running back to my Messiah. And that doesn't mean just a one-time account, but how often and throughout the days you and I find our 
ourselves come running back to Jesus that we might feel the liberty and the freedom that we've always experienced. Bring out a couple more things. I don't want to go to the latter part of this lesson. Watch the writings close. The Romans didn't take Jesus. He gave himself. The Romans didn't necessarily nail him on the cross. I read a little article here a while back. They found supposedly somewhere in Rome, one of the cities, a guy that had in his early 20s had been crucified. And still in the heel of his feet was a seven-inch spike that had been nailed into his feet. So this gives us a little idea of the pain, the suffering, the agony. Why there was such a need of the prayer in Gethsemane. Because of the agony of pain that our, 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 our Master, our Savior was going to suffer. That you and I could go free but as we as we begin to try to make our way man toward the latter part of this lesson notice may free 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 through his death he had to die it, it was it was no option it wasn't a choice if if we was going to live, if Gentile was ever going to have a hope, if ever going to have a God and access to this God, we, we was only stayed on the outside of the chambers. They could never know anything about entering to the, the tabernacle itself without the man called Jesus. We'd have never known anything about the, the, the ministering power. The fivefold ministry, the operating, the, the gifts of singing songs and joining together and healing virtues and powers of that nature. Amen. It had not come Jesus Christ willing to die. The Bible puts it this way in Hebrews 2, 9 and 10. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels. For what? For the suffering of death. Crowned with glory and honor that keep by the grace of God should taste death. Taste death Watch this. For every man. For every man. I know what the scriptures talked about broad and narrow. But please don't use that for an excuse. To sidestep when the, when the, the probing hand of God and the spirit of God moves upon us. You know what? I got to do what's right. To be saved. You don't have to go the broad way. You don't have to listen to that lie of the enemy. He'll twist that. He'll turn that around. And try to let you think, hey, oh, that's the way you ever. No. But you've got you to make up in your own mind. He died for me, for every man. For every man. He tasted death so every man can find life. And life more abundantly. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things. And bringing many sons unto glory. To make the captain of their salvation per perfect through what? Suffering. The captain means the author. He is the captain. He's the author. He's the one that has brought this about for us. So as we go to the latter part of this lesson, it begins to talk about, 
in Galatians, the fifth chapter, and we, we go to Romans. I want to go there. I'm bypassing some things, but just for, for time's sake, cured this morning. Man, I... If you read closely the writings of Paul in Romans, ooh, it's hot. In Romans 6, 7, and 8, he talks about this, this carnal man. He talks about this fleshly man. He talks about the warfare and the battle that goes on. We're living in a world today that I don't say this to be a smart aleck. I don't even say this in any type of form of judgment. But I say this in the form that the devil has done a good job of deceiving people to believe that they can be saved in their sins instead of out of their sins. To believe that the grace of God will... That, that, that we're reaching a place in a world, and even in America, that the line of sin has got so many... It's got so distorted and so out of proportion that, that we had to go to Supreme Courts to decide whether or not that marriage would be legal between one man and one, one woman. Why is that? You begin to read here and you begin to read even in Paul's writings toward the, the chapter. And it's about bondmanship. It's about fellowship and relationship. But to, the greatest bondmanship that this earth knows is the bondmanship that's between one man and one woman that unites us together forever. And uh, there is a law that he has, he has led up to this point in place in Romans the 8th chapter. And so when you look back and you begin to study out, amen, the 5th chapter or the 7th chapter and the 6th chapter, 7th chapter, and time won't allow me, but oh, I'd love for it too. And, and the sin nature still, it remains. I wish I could tell you that when you died, and, and it's really all about dying. Oh, once you died, it loses its influence. But uh, as long as this earthen vessel's alive, as long as there's just breathing and you've got choices to make, and you're inclined to do that which is not godly. You're subject to pronged and tempted. And so pitfalls and snares of the enemy and circumstances and situations and temptations and pressures such as what we're experiencing today and there's no telling possibly hopefully not and prayerfully not none will backslide none will be lost but the opposite would happen the grace of God the power of God would move and people would be shaken and stirred amen those that's been faithful hallelujah and those that's not been so faithful those that's lost and undone will come to the realization and understanding I must be saved at all costs God is what I enjoy or don't enjoy in this world. I must be saved. And so as we watch this struggle and battle unfolds and takes place. And we can watch here in some scriptures. He begins to talk about, I'm going to start I guess the 14th verse. I'd love to read it for We know that the law is spiritual. But I am called a sold under sin. I've been sold out. The first Adam when he fell, when he come up short and he took of the fruit and, and he failed in that garden. Now this curse supplied every man in death. 
death, death is the wages of sin. You can read through the scriptures and the writer makes it and he brings it to our attention that even though those that did not sin to the same similitude or likeness as the first Adam, yet death gripped him. Death, amen, became as a cloud. and Death became as a shadow of over them. And, and they weren't so sure about it. There's only a few caves and such with Job and different ones. Hallelujah, that addressed it. Hallelujah, but, but did you watch this begin to unfold? How that Jesus Christ and helps us begin to deal because, you know what? We need a greater law, the greater law than the law itself. That's what he addressed and what he's dealing with is he, he talks to the Romans here and warning and if you go to Galatians the fourth and fifth chapter again that's what Paul's writing unto the Galatian believers and warning them how they had been bewitched and how, how they began to turn back to bigger elements and turning back to the law and circumcision and we watch all of this unfold now watch this it all connects back to the very gospel itself of repentance and baptism in Jesus name which is a circumcision of the heart and from that point on hallelujah we give ourselves over and present these bodies holy and acceptable and please unto God as we walk not after the carnal and the way of the flesh because walking after the way of the carnal is the way of death. That's a pathway that leads to the wages of sin and the way of death. But now we walk by a different law. A law of the spirit. A law, amen, of the spirit of God that measures the spirit of God. It's taking up a bowl that trails inside these old earthen vessels. It's that resurrecting power. It's that anointing and that's that presence of God. The Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. That rules and reigns in our affairs. It guides and leads us in such an hour and a day at a time and a generation like this. And that's the reason we're made overcomers. Because we're determined to keep the word of God. We're determined to bear the cross. We're determined to run the race. We're determined to finish the course. We're turning to I kept the faith. I kept the faith. Not by my own power. But by that that dwells inside me. Praise God. Struggles there. The battle's there day in and day out. As you have to deal with the old man. The old man. The old man. Huh. Oh my, 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 the old man. All makes us understand. I wouldn't have known not to covet had it not been for the law. The law... It was, it was God's will to bring the law first. What's the covenants? Covenant started out with Abraham. It went from a, a personal covenant to a, a nation covenant with Moses, the Mosaic law. You, you see the time of the Philistine covenant, the land covenant. And all of these are still in action and are going to unfold and take place. Hey, Israel's going to claim that land. Jerusalem's going to be set up. Jesus is going to set up in that tabernacle there. It's going to happen upon this earth. Those things are going to be fulfilled. But, amen, watch this. The new covenant. The covenant, amen, that the writer brought out in Jeremiah 31. But if you go to Jeremiah 31 and 31 through 33, it's this new covenant. The new covenant that I'm going to write on the tables of the heart. It's a new covenant that I'm going to put it in their minds. It's a new covenant, amen, I'm going to put inside of them. I'm going to put a law of the Spirit. Hallelujah. It's not going to be letter. The letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth it life. And when you give something that has died life to live an overcoming life, and that's the reason you and I walk in newness of life. That's the reason we 
begin to hate the things that we once loved. That's the reason we become a new creation. A new creation. Hear me. Hear me this morning. God's still working on me. God's still shaping me. I'm not letting the spirit of iniquity shape me. I'm resisting that. I'm turning from that. But I'm listening to a different spirit. I'm listening and bubbling and yielding myself to a different law. I'm yielding humbling myself into a different word and a different power. Forever the word of God settled in the heavens. It's unchangeable. But it has the power and the authority to change you and I as vessels of God. That's where we find liberty. I said that's where we find this liberty. That's where we find this freedom. That's where we find the ability and the authority. Hallelujah. The things that held us captive. The things that once ruled in our hearts. And ruled in our passions. And ruled in our minds. Now I got the renewing of a, the promise of renewing of the mind. Day in and day out. Let the warfares come. But God promised me by the spirit. And you watch this. He goes on. And he talks about Hagar. And he brings this likeness and illustration. He's doing his best to persuade the Jews. About the law and the fulfillment of the law. But out of Hagar. Hagar came out of flesh. Hagar's son Ishmael came out of, of decision of flesh. Amen. When Abraham listened. Hallelujah to Sarah. To take that handmaid. And now. Amen. That, that promise. And, amen. And then the fulfillment. But the real promise of God. Comes from that promised child. Comes out of that. And Isaiah talks about it. Talks about. Amen. That that's without a father. Amen. He's talking about the church. Hallelujah. Amen. It's going to have more children. Hallelujah. Than those. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. There's going to be more seed of the church. Than there's going to be the seed of the Jews. You hear me? Hallelujah. The natural Jew. We give honor and respect. And we lift them up in prayer. But I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. in the Holy Ghost. And by the authority of the word of God. And by walking in the powers of the Messiah. Jesus Christ. Greater seed that's in us. Hallelujah. The church is greater than the Messiah. Greater than Israel. The church has more power and authority than Israel. I know promises are going to be fulfilled there, but there's nothing like the promises that's given to the bride. We've got an inheritance. It's not on the earth, but it's in the heavens and the devil can't do nothing about it and wickedness can't do nothing about it. we got the greatest liberty that anybody's ever experienced. I can't believe y'all can't go here and can't go there and can't do this. I'm going to ask him, when's the last time you got drunk at church? When's the last time, amen, you parted at church? My God, I'm telling you folks, this world don't have anything on us. Don't have nothing to offer us. Nothing. Amen. Saying the treasures of this world can compare with the treasure that you and I've got. Are you hearing me? Purchase a field. It's worth buying the field to, to experience the treasure. The treasure of that spirit. The pearl of great price. It's going to be worth the sacrifice. It's going to be worth the commitment to walk in the true liberties of Jesus Christ. Not bound by money. Not bound by prestige. Not bound by some lust or covetousness. No greater hope than this. <laughs> Let's give it to this community. Let's give it to this world. 
the hope that lies within us. You know who's going to close this door? Jesus. High regards and respect to Mr. Trump, Mr. Pence, and everybody else is in positions. But nobody rules like Jesus Christ. If you don't believe that, look at the weather. Did he not honor it? He rained and let it rain right up until the time. But it hadn't rained, not one drop since. Hallelujah. What is this? A sixth or seventh week? Hallelujah. Weather hadn't hindered us or stopped us. Or it tried to hinder us. It tested our faith. Hey, I want to tell some of you, I'm glad you wore your shades. Hallelujah. I'm glad you wore your shades. I've seen some of you, amen, when you're still trying to let you got with your shades on. That's an act of faith. The sun's fixing to break out. Woo! I said the sun and not only, amen, the S-U-N, the S-O-N. Because it's by this sun that you can obtain, 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 I said obtain liberty and freedom and deliverance like you've never experienced in your most inward being. There's nothing like it. The Bible calls him the author, the captain, and he's the finisher. The Old Testament is not complete without us. Every sacrifice that was made, every battle that was fought, would be in vain if it wasn't for the man called Jesus Christ coming on the scene. Every promise that was given, hallelujah, through God, it hinged on this man called Jesus. And you think I'm going back to beggar elements? You think I'm on a mully grub and water in some mud hole? Hallelujah of self-pity. No, sir. No, ma'am. Greater. Greater. I believe that. He's greater than death. Hallelujah. He's greater than the devil. He's greater than all sickness. He's greater than all of that. I'm telling you, when you really experience Jesus Christ and the liberty hand of God, I'm telling you, you, never, you hadn't experienced nothing. And you had never been set free until you've been set free by the Son of God. And none other but Jesus Christ, the begotten Son. Amen. That becomes the door. Hallelujah. The true liberty and freedom. Hey, some of you so in your own prison and your own spirit. That's a reason you got to die. But if you're willing to die, he'll liberate you. He'll set you free. I don't care what generation it came from. Greater, greater, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Either the sun is set free. They get ready to sing. Either the sun is set free. Praise God. Watch this. Now let me go to Romans the seventh chapter. I know this is a little touchy, but hear, hear what Paul was really letting us know. What he was delivering to us here. Romans 7 and 1. Now concerning the things whereof he wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch. I'm on the wrong place. <laughs> Give me just a second. I don't know if it turned under the window or what, but anyway, here we go. Praise God. There is, there, there is therefore now no condemnation, the state of being condemned, to them which are in Christ Jesus, 
who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak, through the flesh called Jesus Christ, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Hear that. He condemned sin. He didn't come to condemn mankind. He come to condemn sin and the law, amen, that, that is in every man, woman, born girl that will lead them, hallelujah, to the down the pathway of death. But now I've come as an interceptor now. I come in to step in. I go between. And now you got an Y in the road. And you got a choice. And you got an option. Amen. You can continue in your sins and in your unbelief and in your carnality and enjoy the pleasures for a season or you can choose a way of righteousness and be led by the Holy Ghost and led by the Spirit of God and you can continue in your sins amen iniquity unto iniquity or you can hear the word of God and feel the love of God and call on the living God and when you call on him that's what these verses are talking about and when you call on him and when you call on him in the name of Jesus because there's no other name given under heaven whereby me and must be saved and when you call on this name that has all power in heaven and in earth when you call on this name there's a way in the road that'll lead me to righteous and righteous unto holiness and to God's holiness that I won't find judgment in the end time. It's your choice. You know, we could just step out. I'm going to give you permission if you want to, hey. I'd get out of that automobile. I'd stand out. I'd, I'd walk out. There's, there's plenty of six feet out. Eternity is a long time. Souls are going to be cast into a fire seven times hotter than any fire upon this earth. And there's no exits. The only exit from that place of judgment is the man called Jesus Christ. As he's preached upon this earth through the power of the gospel, the good tidings, the good news. <laughs> what about it today? God bless you. God bless these singers as they begin to sing. If you feel a tug, why don't you just, what you feel that God would like for you to do, that's what I want you to do. That's what's going to count. You ain't here to please me. I'm just a man just like you. But we're here to please God. That all-seeing eye that's going to and fro. That, that eye that's looked inside them automobiles. But he doesn't just look inside them automobiles. He's looking inside your heart. He's looking inside your mind. He knows what kind of conversation you're carrying on right now. Hallelujah. You know, it's disrespectful what he's talking and carrying on when God's trying to talk to you. Hallelujah. Did you know that? It's disrespectful, amen, to text and do those things when you're in the presence of God. Did you know you're in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord? of lords and we don't have no business to do nothing but put our eyes and tune our ears in to hear what he's got to say because if we're going to be saved if we're going to be overcomers if we're going to be victorious we got to have an ear to hear and i'm telling you i'm telling you it's not an hour or a generation to get dull of hearing the word of god and feeling the love of god and have the power of god to move let's shake that mess off let's be alive and well Kelp, kelp, kelp. We're going to be kelp. He's going to keep us. He's going to bring us through.
He's going to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. God bless you. God bless these singers.
Thank you, church. Thank you, singers, instrument players. Thank the Lord for His touch and anointing here today. Thank Him for His Word and the opportunity to experience true liberty and freedom from the penalty of sin. We don't have to depart from this world with that handwriting against us. He's blotted it out with His blood. He's washed it out with His blood. Yes. We can lift up holy hands without wrath and doubt. Or we can lift up black hands with unbelief and evil hearts. I want to be a believer. How about you? I want to be a true worshiper. Yes. I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Church, we got to be saved. Above all else, we got to be saved. I don't want the cross. I don't want the price he paid to be in vain. I got tripped up on something that didn't amount to nothing. When you can compare it to eternity and heaven and hell. We love you today. Love this good church, your faithfulness and commitment. But something really drastic happens between now and Wednesday night. We're going to gather inside. We are going to make some arrangements for our elders. We're probably going to take the very last row of those chairs out of that back door. Just the first, the very back. Give a little more space there to get in and out. Listen to me a minute, please. I want you to listen to me. I want you to hear me. If you're not, turn down to quit. Whatever you're doing. We're going to still abide by far as shaking hands and all that. We're going to... I'm not going to the extreme with some of them. But uh, we're going to respect one another. We're going to love one another. Now, if the power of God moves, don't you let that hinder you from coming to that front. We're going to lay hands on you and we're going to pray and God will take care of all that. But neither we're just going to, you know, just any old way. And there's no way we can separate all the chairs and get six foot apart. So now if something happens and if some of you are not comfortable with this and you'd rather sit further in the back, that's fine too. We'll make arrangements, put some chairs back there. I, I got a couple of chairs in my office. We'll put back there. You'll sit as well, if not better. But we want everybody to join us and to worship. You know, there was a time in the Old Testament, the Gentiles all just the outer court <laughs> chamber. So, you know, we're not, but I believe God will be with us. I believe he'll help us. Uh, I want us to go in. You know what? I thought of something this morning as um, possibly a year from now, if you'll help me to remember, we may, we may celebrate this. We may have an outside service sometime. We can figure about the first outside service we had, and we may just do that. Hallelujah. But uh, unless, I said, unless something drastically changes, come prepared to go inside. But if something changes, you'll know when you drive up, we'll have the pulpit sitting outside. And you'll know how to arrange from there. We do want to keep one another in prayer. We want to take some people on our heart with earnest and sincere prayer that this would really stir them to a point to make a move. God knows each one of us. He knows every earthen vessels. He knows the ins, the outs. David said the uprise and the downfalls. Amen. So we want to see revival.
want to see us revived. We want to see revival itself. We want to see new growth, new birth. Met a couple yesterday that's considering uh, coming our direction all the way out of Perry County. So there's, there's some opportunity. And uh, let's us can be a witness. Let's stand true. Uh, at the same time, let's show compassion. Let me say this to this church. Man, y'all have made me so proud this week. Uh, different ones I talked to and uh, information, different ones. And, but everybody was in agreement. Everybody said, hey, if one individual, for whatever reason, it didn't matter the reason, was not able to go inside that building, we're staying out with them. That's the type of unity that can help produce revival. You hear me? That's the atmosphere. That's the setting of the soil. That's the preparation. Amen. So, you know what? This may have done us a lot more good than we want to admit. Okay? So, like I said, if nothing changes, but I love you. I appreciate you. I really do. Thank you for that. Uh, the elders, the young, everybody was involved. Appreciate you so much. Thank God for our singers. They have done an awesome job the last six, seven weeks of... Uh, just singing and loving God, worshiping God, having to do it from that place and us out here. You have been so faithful, and, and I appreciate you, uh, your, your willingness, willingness to obey. Thank you. The Scripture is very strong. In fact, it says it's better to obey, amen, than sacrifice. So we give you thanks. We give you honor. You crank up your vehicles. I know it's hot. God love you. Appreciate you. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night. God bless you. Thank you, church, for offense. your lovely Mother's Day card and for the money you give me. I appreciate each and every one of you, and I hope you lovely mothers all had a wonderful Mother's Day last Sunday. God bless you. Thanks. If you would like together for Wednesday night prayer, you can. If you, if you don't, that's fine. No, okay, because I know some's going to, for instance, and I've told some of the elders this already, uh, gave them the lead way, and they don't have to, but we're going to leave the last two rows of chairs open for them. If you don't have no problem with this, sit up in, in front of those last two rows. Nobody's going to sit in them. We're going to leave them for our elders and ones that may be prone or subject to this, and uh, that way they can slip in after service starts. They can sit in these chairs. We're also going to give them the opportunity to leave before we start, you know, making our way out. Again, let me say, let's be careful of the congregating. Uh, you know, I'm, I kind of leave it up to you. But on the other hand, if someone doesn't want to, let's honor that, respect that. And, uh, you know, if they put their hand up, don't be offended. Say, no problem. I'm in this with you. Okay? If you want to shake hands, if you want to hug up, if, well, you know the rules there. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Anyway, we're going to love God. We're going to serve God. And you know what? I'm looking for some great things. I feel some great things are happening. I feel like there's some things in the spiritual realm that if we're not careful, it's going on and we'll miss it. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you again. You're dismissed. Ty's offering Brother Mark Berry is out here somewhere. <laughs> we love you, Brother Bobby. God bless you this morning. Love you too. Love this good church. <laughs>